Welcome everyone to a special edition of the Buck Stops here where I love talking about Halls of Fame. Hey, that's what I do. It's called nonhalloffame.com. And I love talking with fans from around the world of all the great sports, but I don't usually get to talk to someone who was voted fan of the year. And I've got with me Ron Katz from, I'm assuming from Denver. I didn't Absolutely, even Denver, Colorado. <laughs> So, so tell me how you got elected as a fan of the year for, for the Broncos. And there's a lot more to it than that because you got a lot more. I'm still trying to figure it out myself because there are a lot of fans who really, it's an end-all be-all for them. And, and they're on social media telling everyone, please vote for me. Mm-hmm. And I just try to pay it forward where I can. Um, my, my history is I've been to 15 of the last 20 Super Bowl weeks just to do it on the cheap, not been to one game previously mm-hmm. one tickets in the in new york city h&m and so i've just tried to spread the word like you might be able to kind of guess you know with randy gratishar uh and and some others like terrell davis um pat bolin um Kent bailey but he was gonna get in no matter what but mm-hmm. that kind of stuff uh and i basically have pretty good relationship with the Broncos, but there's so many incredible fans. As a lot of your viewers and listeners know, I mean, there, every team has incredible super fans. And I thought, ah, there's no way I'm going to win this thing. I'm not going to try for it. I just want to do my thing. And then mm. middle of October, the Broncos said, hey, we want to do a super fan interview with you outside our tailgate. And someone was trying to put some things in my, my ear, uh, one of my friends in Texas. Mm-hmm. Said, nah, nah, I don't, I'm not going to, fan of the year, what is that? And sure enough, there were the cheerleaders, the band, the mascots, and me with the Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> and and then, then, then the part of, mind you, I've done Super Bowl week on the cheap for 15 of the last 20 years. And then the part of, oh, we're, we're sending you to the Super Bowl, you know, airfare, hotel, tickets. NFL honors, the whole shebang. And <laughs> the video is pretty precious. Everything about sort of the story, uh, I just I just love. I've gotten to uh, become acquaintances uh, with Wayne Mabry, uh, the violator. So I guess a oh, rival. So he's been on a couple uh, committee shows that, I, that I've done. And it's really great to meet people like yourself who are huge fans, but, you know, are doing it in such a classy and really philanthropic way. Well, no, and you know what, like Wayne, I've, I've followed his stuff. I follow him on Twitter and vice versa. And there are lots of fans like that out there. I don't know if you've ever met Jamie, the, the Philly sports fan guy. I've not, no. He's hysterical. And out of a stadium with 76,000 people, Guess, guess who I was seated next to of all people. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures. But yeah, please. You know, the thing is, we love our sport. We love yeah. our teams. And yeah, you see a lot of stuff on social media where fans, and you probably deal with it if you have an opinion on Hall of Fame, right? Oh, I have. <laughs> and, and if people don't agree, and it's like fighting words, and it's like, we love our sport. We love our teams. And we're all in this together. That's something that we have in common. Uh, I've made friendships with Raiders fans, with Chiefs fans, Chargers fans. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we can talk trash on game day, but come on, we're all in this together. 
This is a sport okay. we absolutely love and, and try to pay forward the joy to one another. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Please. Um, I, the Broncos saw that I was, I asked if anything was going on in Nashville for the draft 2019. So, and I didn't even know what inner circle was, but I was told, would you like tickets to the inner circle? And I'm like, mm. oh, sure. Okay, fine. I didn't realize I'd be 15 feet from the stage. Going right, up. right. Um, so the second day, um, I had like standing room, like mosh pit passes for, as a seat filler. And I had a friend who's from Tennessee, huge fan. I don't know if you've ever seen the tough glove guy, uh, Gary. Sure I have, yeah. yeah, he is hysterical. He's a good guy. Met him at, at a combine in Indy. And they were shut out. The Texans, some of the Texans, Titans super fans were just shut out from, from that inner circle. There's just so many seats. And so literally I dressed him up in Broncos clothes, <laughs> like more than I would even be. Yeah. And we hung out for four or five hours. But then we got inside and, you know, for the end of the second round and, and oh gosh, I can't remember who the performer was for the concert, but it was mm. just incredible. But you just want to pay forward that joy. We, yeah. we love our sport, right? Like, Absolutely. This is something you want to make other people enjoy too. Like, you know, remember where you came from. And I, I know Wayne does a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other super fans, the guy in Cincy, a uh, gym is doing the same kinds of things. It's, right. it's really kind of fun seeing what everyone comes up with. Well, and, th- and this is sort of the joy of, of uh, fandom of the National Football League, because certainly there's a lot that we can criticize and we're not going to today. <laughs> this is just sort of like about really having fun. And then what I really wanted to talk about too also is what's right behind you. Uh, I'm I'm a Saints guy for what it's worth, but I think that one of the biggest oversights, and I, obviously you would agree with me on this, is that Randy Gratishar is not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And the one great thing also that I find with your fan base, because some fan bases are not as active as I think they should be to get their people in, so you mentioned Cincinnati. I mean, I think another travesty is that Ken Anderson has been looked over, you know, all this time. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, but and Randy was a special player. And I, I just, I think we can all look at stats and understand why he should be, but I'm sure there's a lot more than that. And a lot more that you can sort of tell us about Randy. Oh, absolutely. Why he wants to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. And, and also to this football is family kind of thing. I was, we we're talking about paying it forward there. I've advocated like, like even more for than Randy for Tom Flores, Cliff branch and those guys. And, and Ken Anderson to Cincy is their version of Floyd little someone who was impactful, but kind of the franchise in their early days. And really their guy, like it, it's, People can look at stats and say, oh, he did this or that, but but the impact that someone has, and there has to be a balance. But as far as Randy, just like seven times all pro and a 10-year career. Um, you, you can look at, I think they said with 20 plus interceptions and so many all pros and so many pro bowls, they're all in the hall of fame. But but if you take a step back um, and, and, the, and the great, gentleman from uh, Houston and um, John McClain said this at one of uh, Peter King's Super Bowl events. It's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of Very Good. And Randy Gratishart was above very good. He dominated. 
in, in an era where you have middle linebackers, the, the guys who beat him out for all decade were Dick Buckus at the end of his career. And, and you, there's, you can't criticize Dick Buckus getting it because he was 1970 defensive player of the year. So it's not like he was just hanging on at the end. And then Jack Lambert with the four Super Bowls. But Randy was at their level. I mean, defensive player of the year. Right. Attest to that. And then the 80s with Lambert and Gratishar at the end of their career and Mike Singletary coming in, then Singletary and Lambert got the all decade. It Sometimes we look at stats or honors or things like that rather than was this guy dominant? And I want to give you one really good example that we're seeing a lot now. Everyone gets all excited about the skill players, right? you got like Tory. Now we're talking about Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith Sr., um, who's the other, Reggie Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's no talk. And, and even with some of the guys who've gotten in, like Isaac Bruce and so on and so forth, there's been no talk saying, well, they played at the same time as Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, T.O., Larry Fitzgerald, and they really weren't the best of the people, Michael Irvin, you know, those guys. Was the guy great or was he just kind of very good with stats? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing with Randy. He was clearly, clearly great. And he should have been in the Hall of Fame 25, 30 years ago. And, and, I'm, and, and I just want to say one thing, too. I'm a big fan of the Broncos. I'm, yeah, I'm their fan of the year. But I, people know, and even the Broncos, like highest communications people have said, we appreciate that you're honest on social media. Like, I'm not just there, like waving pom-poms and saying, right. put all of our guys in. It's, Randy's like, like this is, I, I actually grew up back East and, and I saw Randy Gratishar doing his thing and like the guy's like the first tackler on like every play he might have gotten half a tackle for um Hmm. it just the guy dominated i mean he's at that level and and it wasn't like um he was vicious in terms of like violent tackles in the way that you saw like a lambert or ray lewis but and zach thomas is a current guy like that you know was the guy great yes so you grew up out east, so you didn't grow up in Colorado? I didn't, no, oh. no. But, uh, but I mean, I always had, like, the Broncos in my heart, and I see that stadium shaking. Okay. Like, John Facenda saying Floyd, Little, you know, mm-hmm. it just resonated. You know, Haven Moses, 70 yards to the house in the Orange Crush AFC Championship game that put mm-hmm. the Broncos, like, as legit. Um, it's That's the thing with Gratishar. Um mm-hmm. And I do want to add one other thing too. And, and a lot of the, the Hall of Fame folks in terms of the selectors and, and also um, just folks who are trying to grasp like why he's not in. One thing that's been brought up, it's kind of the elephant in the room is his 2049 tackles. And I, do you know the story about that? No. Okay. Well, I, I don't know what his other number was. I think it was like between 1,500 and 1,600 tackles, mm-hmm. which when you're talking 14 game seasons, that's, you know, even transitioning to 16 over a 10 year career, that's still pretty incredible. Absolutely. Um, but in the quest to get him in the Hall of Fame, his, his previous defensive coordinator, Joe Collier, who was one of the, probably the Broncos best coaches ever, decided to look at all of Randy's game film, like 
tackle by tackle by tackle. And he came up with a 2049 number. And the thing is, there was nothing illicit about that. They weren't trying to get sneaky and come up with a cute number. Right. He really, from his heart, was like, hey, that's my guy. And I really want to do what I can to state the impact he has and, and the case for him for the Hall of Fame. Um, but I know that there were some very high profile selectors at the time who had a lot of influence, uh, who were not too happy about that and thought that the Broncos were being sneaky. And it was nothing. It was totally meant in the best intent. Um, and I understand that you can't like have another player's coach go and count all the tackles and, and then the totals come up by like 30%. I, I understand that. But I just wanted to clear that up because some of the historians for the Hall of Fame, who you know pretty well, who mm -hmm. are on social media, have brought that up. And it was nothing that was meant in a bad way for Randy or, or uh, under the table or anything like that. And Randy shouldn't be penalized. He had a great career. And the historians like John Turney have have documented how he's probably one of the most egregious omissions of guys who've played since the 60s. Yeah, definitely. And because so, sometimes too, what I've always sort of mentioned to other people, we're looking at people voting on people. And when that happens, especially when they, they might've met some of those individuals, uh, if someone gets rubbed the wrong way, I mean, not from everything I've re ever read about Randy Gratishar, he's never done that. Having said that, if someone can advocate and just get someone a little bit upset, and we see that in the baseball ballot. Oh yeah, just well, T.O. Yeah, T.O. Yes. <laughs> well, they made him wait on purpose. They're, they're like they they enjoyed that, and and in some in his same childish way, he enjoyed not going. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's 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 how that went. I had the pleasure of speaking. One of the first interviews I did for this site was with uh, Jerry Kramer's daughter. And uh, through her, uh, she, I managed to actually interview Jerry, uh, just the, with the only caveat is I couldn't ask about the hall, which is fine. Uh, yeah. Didn't need to. But, and then there was the whole theory, like what was the reason they were keeping him out? Because that was someone who they, they uh, the only person at that point was the member of the 50th anniversary team and just had a yeah. year after year. And one theory I read going on was that because he was a very he he was one of the first athletes to have a successful book, something that a lot of the sports writers never did. We're voting on that, really. So that was one theory going on. I asked Alicia about that. She said, "Maybe, honestly, I don't know." Like we've been, it, it was hard too. I mean, thankfully he got in, and he still he was still alive, well, still is alive to enjoy that. But exactly, you know you hear her passion and but also grounded through logic and it was really great talking to her about that and I, I think that's sort of like where these campaigns become the most successful it's from calm rational people and I think when I look back from the last uh, the last person who was just a candidate and fell off the ballot Clay Matthews oh and Carl Mecklenburg too right but the fan base for, and maybe because Twitter now that we didn't have that before, it can get a little oh, yeah. bit. Sometimes people just really need to modify their Twitter behavior. I know that I did, <laughs> you know, you know for, for that purpose. But sometimes people just don't want to be told they're wrong. Oh. And, that, and that is 
I don't know if that's that's playing effect. Uh, also, there's just such a glut of so many people uh, that have not got got in that that are worthy. The one thing that the Hockey Hall of Fame is, did very correctly, I think, is they started in the in the 40s. So there's not a backlog of of any any of anybody really when it comes right down to it. Football started so late to the table, like 43 years after, and it just doesn't seem like much, but it is. Yeah, and you have rosters too that are bigger for an NFL team, obviously compared to the other sports. Absolutely. And, and it's just hard to, how do you gauge? How do you stay on track? And, and until 2017 with um, Kenny Easley, look mm -hmm. at all the safeties that were omitted. Right. And, and the backlog that that created, you know, speaking of uh, the Packers, L Leroy Butler, hello, mm -hmm. please get him in next year. Yeah. I, th I think uh, it's probably, yeah, probably going to be next year. I don't think he's going to get in on this ballot. Uh, you just don't know. I, I think he's true. very deserving. He's, he's, I think other than Tony Bazzelli, he's probably one of the longest finalists. Um, mm -hmm. And I know some of the voters or selectors have gotten very savvy to, okay, well, for example, DeMarcus Ware's on the ballot. He's going right. to be first ballot Hall of Famer, okay? Probably. And I know of some instances where a selector set in the pairing down to the fi final finalists said, okay, I'm not going to vote for someone I know is going to be first ballot so I can support someone who doesn't get too far down the road from, from being bypassed. I know there's a pretty high profile person who bypassed Palomalu in, in Miami just because he knew Palomalu was gonna make it and took a lot of heat for that. But he wanted to make sure Atwater made it to the, to the final group so that he had a better chance of not being, you know, waiting another year. I think that's gonna happen with the wide receivers where you might oh, see some of them jump over just only because there's just so many who are worthy. I, I joked, not joked. Uh, I, I think the person who's getting hurt the most is Heinz Ward. Oh yeah, so yeah. It seems like every year there's another wide receiver on the ballot who's better, I think. I think with wide receivers, you really have to look at their impact. And again, I said that with Randy Gratisher, middle linebacker, golden era, right? Right. You're, they're not penalizing the wide receivers, but how do you look at, modern numbers versus numbers even from the 70s for example Heinz Ward being a stealer right would Lin Swan had what 336 catches but yeah. that was when 50 catches in a season that that's like 120 now 60 was like just you in, inexplicable uh because there were less plays run but but also looking at who was throwing to the receiver who did he have on the other side um, I mean, if you look at Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt, I think they're incredible players. They should get in. But like, if you look at Andre Johnson, look, look at his quarterbacks. Look, <laughs> look at not. the other skill players around him. And what other wide receiver was on the other side of him? Absolutely. I mean, and, and the other guys why. had, yeah, and, Marshall, the guys had Edgerman and Marshall Falk, you know. And, and that's why and Calvin Payton Johnson and, got in first ballot. Yeah. Not necessarily a yes. shot at Matthew Stafford, but I mean, it was, the most exciting wide receiver in sports at the time 
a decent quarterback who had only one person to throw to and no and nobody else did they ever have a running game since Barry I don't think so no no I mean but did he dominate like like do you have to game plan for the guy and just shut him down and he still does it Mm -hmm. I mean Andre Johnson got no credit in for what he did with the Texans uh in that regard compared to the other guys but it's not to keep them out yeah but how do you how do you do it without a backlog because of the type of era we're in? And, and I, it's I, tough. I do think also too, because we're talking about impact, we're also talking about, sometimes we forget the key word of the whole thing is fame. People yes. outside of Denver heard of the Orange Crush. Right. They knew what that was. And we, we all know that Randy was that guy for that. So he meets not just the statistical uh, category, he meets that fame category. Denver does not do, at least I think you can certainly tell me if I'm right or wrong on that. They don't get to their first few playoffs without him. It just isn't happening. No, no. But, but also, too, it's something we think about a lot here in Denver. Mm-hmm. What if they win Super Bowl twelve against America's team, the Cowboys, right? right? And it has so much more impact. There are some other players on the team. Lewis Wright was the shutdown corner of the seventies, but didn't have a lot of interceptions. And so that might be a reason he was overlooked. There's some other players from that team on the defense that, I mean, the orange crunch defense has no one in the, you know, the first Broncos player who played defense to make the hall of fame. We're talking champ Bailey 2019. And the thing is, I don't always even think of him as a Bronco sometimes. Well, he, most of his, I played the majority of career with Denver. Yeah. I, 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 Living on the East Coast, I always saw I saw probably far more games with Champ uh, playing as a Redskin. That was like back in the day. God, I feel yeah, so yeah. Back in the day before we had the NFL package. <laughs> no. <laughs> what will we ever do, right? Oh my God! Especially as a Saints fan, they were never on TV because I grew up in Toronto. Oh, very cool. Yeah, a great city. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. I was hoping to get back there this month, actually, or last month, but. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, one other player here uh, that it comes up a lot in our discussion groups. Uh, do you know Tom Hall? Who's? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We've bantered on Twitter, and and I, right. I know where this is going. Yes. So Tom, because we did a mock Pro Football Hall of Fame committee, and I'd love for you to be a part of that uh, moving forward. If, if you've got the time, I'll send you the information. Sure, on sure. Uh, later, uh, Tom blew everyone away with this amazing presentation on Tom Nalen. Okay. So, so good that he changed my mind. Uh, and I know I'm, sp- I'm not speaking out of turn to at least four other people. Because Tommy Allen, I always knew was good, but he was never on my radar. Oh, yeah. And now he is. And so just up. Uh, it had to hurt because I know what, how much it hurt Tom Hall uh, when he was excluded as just a preliminary, which I don't know how you exclude him. But you made sure you've got you've got a couple of extra punters. It was going, it wasn't going to go. Yeah, it's. I, I will say with that, it's, it's a real tough situation. And and yeah, I wish. Have you ever been able to get like Peter King or one of those kind of folks on? I Peter is just real fascinating, and and some of the information, and some of the other like selectors, like if if you have a conversation with I bet during Super Bowl week or just in general. Um, and also to the the late uh, Therese Paler uh, and I had a chat in 2019. It's the same kind of thing 
um, again, look at all the teams that have like three or four or five players and everyone is like, he should be in uh, with Tom Nalen. And I'm as orange a Broncos fan as there is. And if you see any pictures of me online, you'll see I can wear orange from head to toe with right. a jester hat. Okay. I believe Broncos orange. Okay. But with Tom Nalen, if I was taking a step back, looking at it objectively as a selector, knowing what they look at in the room, you know, all decade, all pro, pro bowl, thousand yard rushers, 2000 yard rushers, or significant, like a rusher who really was an all time great, like someone who blocked for sweetness or something like that. If you take a step back, the, 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 not the, it's not a bad argument, but it's just that here's who he'll be compared to. I, Mark Stepnoski is my example. Now, I don't, I'm not a big Mark Stepnoski fan per se, but I look and I see all decade. I see similar Pro Bowls. I see similar All Pros. And then you say, well, but Tommy blocked for all these thousand yard rushers and TD. Well, you know, you might have, you know, heard who Dallas had, Emma Smith, who was the all time NFL rusher and great player. And then he went to Tennessee with Eddie George, who also was in the Hall of Fame. So, it's, it's not that he's not worthy, but when you get in the room with the selectors or when the selectors are trying to be fair and they stack up all the accolades of these players from similar like interior line positions, that's what they're going to be looking at. Now, is that fair? Is that, uh, no. Do I want Tommy in the Hall of Fame? Hell yes. Right. And, and Thomas Hall makes some incredible points and, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I wait for the day that Tommy makes it. Mm -hmm. uh, I really want him in the Hall of Fame. He's so underrated. But I just wanted to be balanced, you know, regarding the Hall of Fame, because that's the one thing I've learned is how would he be compared to whom would he be compared? And, and how do you and then you're talking about how many players per year, right? And, and I hate to say it, but they, everyone loves those skill positions, right? Everyone loves the wide receivers and the running backs if they piled up big stats because for a center, how do you pile up big stats in the same way? Right. You well, know? it's also that ironic thing, uh, or not ironic, maybe it's not the best use of that. The best offensive linemen are the ones you generally don't hear about called because every time they get, every time they focus on the camera on them, it's because he got a holding penalty. Um, not oh, yeah. all the time, but generally. You know, and like, like, especially, you know, just for the layman fans, just sort of like watching that because that's, that's the case. Also, like sometimes the best safety is the ones you're not, you're not seeing because no one's throwing to them. Exact cornerbacks shut down corners, you know, yep. you end up with like three picks, you know, they might've graded out like in the nineties on pro football focus. Oh, and it's, it's, well, if you remember too, the other thing that may have hurt Nalen or some of his teammates, mm -hmm. if you remember, they, they didn't talk to the media. They, they were like, until the NFL said you had to talk to the media after games or whatever, they were just lip zipped. I remember a Monday night football like intro, right? Where they had, you know, the people saying, you know, I'm, you know, so-and-so from so-and-so college. They actually had the mouth, like, like, like comedy kind of words in for one of, it was Ben Hamilton or if it was Tommy Nellen, you know, like, Tommy Nellen, Boston College. <laughs> Because because they were just staring like at the camera, 
for those shots. So they didn't really promote themselves. They just wanted to be great for TD and Mike Anderson, Landis Gary, you know, you know Tatum that's, Bell. That's kind know, of like the, also gone off the rails too, those openings. Now, <laughs> I think someone said like uh, their name and so-and-so Nigeria. I wasn't even sure if they were actually even born in Nigeria, but it's like, all right, well, whatever. And I think it was like the first five who didn't actually see the school that they were from, or they did a high school or their town or, yeah. I, or the, which, which is so strange to me because the NFL is so strict on everything. You think that would have been one of them, but oh well, so be it. The, I'm from the whatever university. Yeah. I started trying to call myself at work uh, when I was still working there, the Kirk Buckner, but nobody got that. Was in Canada. That's college sports isn't exactly uh, well known up there. Uh, so one one final thing. Uh, our, I've seen a few interviews from uh, Randy about how he's feeling about that. Do Do you think that he believes he's ever going to get in? That's a very good question because, actually, I'll tell you the story. I, I we have a great club in Denver that's been in existence since the '60s called the the Denver Broncos quarterback club. Mm-hmm. And I met him for the first time in 2019 okay. and asked him that question. And he was very kind of tempered in it. Like, you know, if it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to make a big deal of it. Um, but I think deep down he, it would mean a hell of a lot. And um, the thing with Randy is he's very humble. If you look at his background, in philanthropy, even going back to Ohio State, the influence Woody Hayes had on him. He's someone who's very, very humble and tries to make a difference for others. And he is not someone to toot his own horn. Like you saw Drew Pearson being very theatrical. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, but think about the logistics of that. There are a lot of people from the centennial committee who are from dallas and they were going live that morning um i know tori holt even said on i think the eisen show mm-hmm. boy i'm not comfortable talking myself up and saying vote for me put me in the hall of fame but he said look that's the only way i can do it yeah. that's just not randy's style and i know the centennial class you know none of the 15 had the majority of their careers west of the mississippi or dallas None. I didn't think of that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it was horrible. Yeah. And, you know, so Randy's, I, I can't speak for him, but I know he saw me in training camp this year and I had the, you know, my, yeah. I don't know if you can see the sign, I had my sign yeah. and, and I've also done, you've seen that probably on Twitter ad nauseum, mm-hmm. yep. but, and it's using some stuff that he gives to kids. It's like a Lee Raniman card. And I think he was very emotional about it. Like, hey, someone's still there fighting for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I know the Broncos, the folks I've talked to are appreciative of that. And we're, we're going to make sure it gets done. I mean, he, he's clearly someone who's probably one to three people, if not the most egregious omission from like the 60s to the present. And, you know, let's keep him out there. And I hope Jim Porter, if he ever is listening to this, 
could maybe get the committee to add a second senior like for 2022 through the board because if you know nfl honors is on a thursday now it's not on the saturday so there's not going to be that like in-person boardroom kind of thing on the saturday in la they're going to have to probably meet earlier in the week probably not with super bowl week and all the pressers that are going on so probably prior to that so why couldn't they have the seniors committee locked in a zoom room for a day and find one more candidate to add to cliff branch so well, I, th I think though they've already committed themselves of course you can change it to just having the one for the uh, up until i believe 2024 i could be off on that they can change but, it yeah they he's can already talked it. about it he's yeah. already talked about it and it, and i don't know the specifics of the change at the hall of fame but a lot of it is you know the new complex that they're doing they want more tourism they want more visitors um the bigger the class i mean not getting outrageous over 10 people but it, it's a win-win for them and, and also for fulfilling that backlog yeah. with people like Randy, with the Ken Anderson. And, and I believe there's also another like older, is it Dilwig? Yeah, Lavi Dilwig. Or, it, was a, it was another uh, great one. Yeah. So, so like th that, that would make sense. And yeah. to add one to next year's class would not be a big deal, but no. it would be to these players and their families and the fan bases and the hall of fame and, in, in the pocketbook yeah and and to your earlier point i mean it just math tells us there's going to be more deserving candidates like that that's that's really all all there is i mean if, if basketball can put in this more sometimes that then you're and you've only got 10 people on a court that's it yeah you well, have 11 players team. five per team right and the nfl uh, yeah. You know, starters in the NFL, you're, you're, yeah. you know, in the twenties. Yeah, it's. This is why we're sort of where we are. Uh, I've always, I do think though that overall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has done a lot of great thing things correct. So I, I don't want to be completely negative towards them because that's oh, no. how I feel. Uh, but that that is something that I think is an oversight. I think they're maybe they're going to look at that. I think obviously when they did the centennial class, that was to help alleviate that which was very nice. I, I, I don't know that I would have picked those 10, but that's okay. I, I didn't really have a problem with any of those 15. who got in. 15, if you include the coaches that's who true. were both on yeah. TV. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. Uh, with that, where can people find you on uh, social media? Uh, the best place is Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I'm at Ron in Cap Hill, but it's a little tricky because there's no I in that. It's R-O-N. The letter N, C A P H I L L. And of course, there's that hashtag, yep. Gratishar, F O R P F H O F, mm -hmm. uh, for pretty much everything that I uh, tweet related to Randy uh, in his support to just keep the awareness going. Absolutely. I appreciate you ha having the opportunity to speak with you. Oh. And thanks, thanks for all uh, this stuff. This is what I do. I love this. Someone, I know, but you. You get the discussion going and yeah. the dialogue going and, and, and get people thinking about well, what are the selectors dealing with and what are they comparing and how are they thinking it through? You know, it's not just put my guy in. I would never, I couldn't do that myself. Yeah. But I know a lot of people want their guy in and, and we need to have that conversation and how we can, you know, help the process for our teams and our sports that we love, right? Yep. For sure. 
Well, thank you so much uh, for everyone out there watching, listening. Stay safe, everybody.